0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, everybody, what is up? Welcome to the future award-winning Talk of Buffalo podcast where we often highlight but are not limited the Buffalo sports, news, media, and entertainment. I am your host, Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter, at Pat Moran Thank you so much for locking in. If you have not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do that right now. Subscribe. Turn on those notifications on your phone. When you do that, new episodes will get sent right to your phone or device, quite literally, as soon as they are published. Happy... Casual Friday to everybody out there. So got a podcast change here on Fridays, sort of at least anyway. Now, if you listen to the show regularly, and hopefully of course you do, you know that I've had my guy Del Reed from 26 shirts on with me, uh, for a segment we call casual Friday. And we've been doing that now for the last couple months. It's been a lot of fun. I love Del Reed. That said, Del's going to go on a little bit of a break from this podcast and there's one reason for that, one reason only. Your boy's just got a lot going on his plate right now. Of course, I'm talking about Dell when I say your boy. Dell's got a lot of shit going on right now, especially Dell's a busy guy to begin with. I mean, he's he's got 26 shirts, he's always involved with well, a lot of other stuff. So, that alone makes it busy and uh, you know, takes up a lot of his time. But now this week that especially is more than ever because the 26 shirts retail showroom at his office, the 26 um, shirts office on main street that just opened this past week to a lot of fanfare, much deserved fanfare. The local news covered it extensively. Awesome to see, man. So now he's got on top of, like I said, everything else that's going on. People can come directly into the office. They could grab some merch. A lot of that merch is exclusive stuff that you can only buy at the showroom. Can't even get it online. And when people come in the shop there, I'm sure they're going to want to take a few minutes and and wrap with Dell. So, you know, it's just, it's a lot for him right now. So I decided let's uh, put this on pause, me and him every week for a couple weeks until he kind of gets used to, the, you know, the ebbs and flows of how things are going to be at the office. And then we'll kind of make a, a new recording schedule wrapped around that a little bit. But anyway, so I'm going to give him a few weeks and, and see how that goes. Usually I take my shows with Dell on, early Thursday afternoons right there from his office, which is a wide open space. And there's already a couple other employees there and that wasn't a big deal. But now, like I said, with the stir open, he's likely to get a lot more foot traffic and stuff in there. So I'll hold off on having him back for just a little bit to things kind of settle down and we get a little bit clearer vision of a, a taping schedule. But so it's clear to everybody. I love Dell. I couldn't be happier for him, man. That staff had 26 shirts. They're all awesome. I love everything about their brand. Obviously, I'm thrilled to see 26 Shirts take like that next step in their growth by having their own physical store where people can come in and shop. It's just awesome, man. And uh, I'll continue, of course, to highlight 26 Shirts, to campaigns on this podcast every Friday like Dell and I have been doing because they really help people in need. But anyway, on that note, I just love the concept of actual casual Fridays because we do more than just talk only Bill's. Or only Sabres. And uh, some of the fun stuff that Dell and I were doing, and that's certainly going to continue. Joe Yurdin, who was actually just on this podcast Tuesday and has been on many, many times before, a very good sports writer, a hockey guy, covered the Sabres for quite a while now, a Buffalo resident, and just one of my good buddies. He's going to take over casual Fridays starting today and for the interim, for the foreseeable future. And, uh, We'll see how that goes. Joe's knowledge and his ability to chat about things goes far beyond hockey. If you didn't know that already, you're certainly going to find that out starting today. Uh, We'll talk about the Bills' schedule coming out. He's got some thoughts on that. Joe's a Detroit Lions fan. I'm going to get his thoughts on how he thought the draft went for them. Of course, when it does come to the Sabres, pretty eventful week. A few season-ending press conferences Joe and I talked about Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhardt on Tuesday's show, so we won't do that again today. But since I had him on, um, Kevin Adams, the GM, and the interim head coach, Don Granato, had season end in press conferences. I'm going to get Joe's thoughts on that. Joe also wrote a pretty significant article about the Sabres for Die by the Blade this week. I want to talk about that. And then we'll kind of jump into some regular segments. One of them is the TBP, and that's, of course, Talk of Buffalo podcast, interest meter. That's where I run off some topics, some of them sports, some of them pop culture, and I'm just going to gauge Joe's interest on each. He rates it between a one and a 10, and we'll have a take on each of those. And then last but not least, continuing in the tradition that Dell and I had created, starting five. And what that is is each week, we draft a team of five snake draft style of certain topics. Uh, Dell and I had a lot of fun with this over the last couple months. Just off the top of my head, I know we did movie soundtracks. We did uh, Best Movie Villains. Last week, we just did Best 90s Albums, Del Kick My Ass, in a poll, which was kind of bullshit, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't agree with a lot of people who are doing this voting on Twitter. But anyway, what we do is we draft um, a starting five, and then I put a poll on Twitter over the weekend and fans kind of vote for the winner. This week is going to be TV shows from the 19th century. That means... Any TV show, we're going to draft the 35 of TV shows that debuted before the start of this century. So lots of fun stuff going on. I don't want to waste any more time at the top. Let's just jump right into it. Here it is, Casual Friday, with my guy, Joe Yurden. Joe Yurden, it's been a while since we've talked. I yeah, know. It's been a whole <laughs> couple of days here. At least been, things... It's been things a whole- get quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny is, uh, so we're taping this Thursday afternoon and literally, I don't know, maybe less than an hour or so. Had a couple of things that I wanted to hit on at the top and for everyone listening, like I said, I already talked about it in the pre, uh, in the intro, Joe's going to be here for a while on Fridays. We're going to talk bill savers, but we're also going to do the fun segments that Dell and I have done as well. And I had a couple like little fun things at the top, but like literally less than an hour before we started taping. I seen a string of tweets from Cole Beasley and reaction going on on Twitter and huh, not good. And then like an idiot, I kind of had my own take on it. And I'm getting, uh, I don't want to say I'm getting beat up for it because a lot of people are, uh, you know, a lot of people agreed with it, which is kind of what I went against. So to refresh people, Cole Beasley is, Quite apparently, right now, anti vaccination, anti mask, and whatever, man. He has his own opinion, and people are jumping on him. Uh, before I get to that, so I said, <laughs> and I said this because people just react so angrily at times. And I said, and I tweeted, I said, I don't give a shit what Josh Allen, Cole Beasley, Rachel Bush, or anyone else tells me about mask, COVID, or vaccinations. And I said, you shouldn't give a shit either. But then I said, I hate when people are attacked for having opinions that are different from yours, let people think and live how they want, and you do you. That was my simple tweet, and I also followed it up by saying, so we're clear, I am fully vaccinated. I still do wear a mask almost everywhere I go. I certainly wear a mask when I'm required to. If I go into Publix or Walmart, and it says mask required, guess what? I'm putting it on. You know what I'm saying? I I do what I'm supposed to do. I do what they ask me to do. I protected myself. I protected the people around me when I go out. So, and I don't really give a shit what anyone else thinks. It's just people go nuts over Cole Beasley's and other people's tweets. Now, that said, I think that was a very idiotic, you know, stance that he has. I'm not afraid to say I disagree with it, but why take it so personal and give a shit. Like, what are your thoughts when you see something like that? Because before I turn it over to you, there are people who will say, well, these guys are, are people that a lot of people look up to. And, you know, maybe their words have more pull than what Pat Moran thinks about COVID. So
2: I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? well i for me when I if i'm out somewhere and you know like if i'm at wegman's and i see somebody going around with you know well if they get past the the security guy at the front who's watching for masks and not uh and if they get into the store and they're they have it pulled down or they're not wearing it at all i'm just like look at this idiot like now me six months ago at wegman's and seeing that i probably want to punch that person in the face i mean i I was at, I was there one time and I saw a guy and his girlfriend walking around and like the, the guy was very loudly, boastfully, you know, boastfully saying like, "Ah, I'm not wearing mine. These, these people are looking at me all weird. And I'm like, you're looking for somebody to react to you. Like you're, you're fishing for it. And I'm like, as close as I was to being the guy to give him what he's looking for. I was like, you know what? No, I'm just going to take my stuff. I'm going to leave. But for me, it's a big signal that like, you don't give a crap about anybody. Like that's like, I mean, never mind the selfish side of it. Like I, I almost understand that because uh you know like we're tired of it like it's been it's been over a year like we're all we're just we're over it right and now that the finish line is right there in sight you know closer closer here than in other places around the world but like the finish line's right there and you know i mean hey they're opening you know the cdc is going to be opening stuff up saying like hey you know let's try to get back to normal here but like don't don't be a belligerent moron about it. Like don't, you know, start crying freedom and all this other stuff. Like just, just say like, I don't, you know, I don't want this stuff. I don't care if you do. And like, let that speak on its own. Like, but like, if you're a pro athlete, friggin' do it. (laughs) People are looking up to you. Like you, you like as much as Charles Barkley said back in the day, I'm not a role model. Like, sorry, man. Like some people still need some convincing. That's why we're doing shot in a beer in Buffalo. Like get a free beer when you get your shot, man. like, That's why the state of Ohio is doing a lottery for people that get their, you know, like a million dollar lottery. Uh, If you get your shot, like they're just like, all right, in the pool, you might win a million bucks for getting inoculated. Yeah, well, and also, I mean, there are people out there
1: who are quite literally getting vaccinated in part, even if they don't feel that it's protecting them for whatever reason, that's the way they want to feel. Or if they feel like they've already had it and nothing happened, they had COVID and they were asymptomatic or they're fine or whatever. People are, at least there's some people out there That are just straight up getting vaccinated so that they could go pay their money to go watch Cole Beasley play football Mm -hmm. at the stadium, Highmark Stadium, whatever it's called now. So I I see that point. And when it comes to people like Cole Beasley, it's tough because on one hand, why should he, because he's somebody who's known and popular and rich or whatever. So he shouldn't have the right to his opinion, the same that you and I do. So I understand that school of thought, but Mm -hmm. at, at the same token, I mean, you're an NFL player, and sometimes, you know, put that Twitter away, man. Like, yeah. what is that? What's that tweet really going to accomplish you, man? Stick out your chest. You know what? Get together with your boys over some beers or some darts and, and talk about COVID being stupid and and whack and whatever. Yeah. Put it out on Twitter when you got like over a quarter of a million followers. I just, I really don't see that. Uh, that. It's not helping anything. No, it's not. <laughs> yo, yo, so check this out again. This is kind of breaking news here as we're taping. And I did not intend this to go this way, but we're talking about COVID and Cole Beasley. There's a the CDC is announcing this. I'm literally reading this at the moment here Thursday afternoon. CDC to announce fully vaccinated people no longer to wear mask or physically distance in most circumstances. Meaning that it's gonna come to a point really soon that if you are vaccinated, you're not going to have to uh, wear a mask anymore, dude. Get your vaccination for no other reason that you don't have to put the
2: freaking mask on when you're going to a store. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just cover your own ass, man. You know, oh. like just, just, just do that. Be the most selfish, get the shot to just be like, listen, I don't want to do this stuff anymore. I'm
1: just done with it. <laughs> and of course our buddy, Joe from uh, Buffalo wins on Twitter, you know, he's never one. Well, to he was mince- he's never one to mince a word. And I knew right away he would get after a uh, cold Beasley. Just like he goes after everybody. But anyway, I don't know. My take on it is just, I think it's, uh, I, I respect other people having the right to their opinion, but in the case of something like Colby, I just, I question whether it was worth it. You no, know, it's fucked so, up though though, Joe is I could talk about this and people are going to have tons of interaction and opinion. I could talk about chicken wings and people have tons of opinions mm-hmm. and interaction, but I talk about sports. Like so nobody really gives a shit what I got to say about sports. So maybe I should start having a podcast about my takes on COVID or or uh, my new chicken wing power rankings, which just came out this week. Uh, tons of interaction on that stuff.
2: People are well. You know what? It's good timing because people are getting back out. I mean, I've gotten out a couple of times here the last this past week, just to kind of you know dip your toes back into the water and you know get back into that you know the creature comforts that that you have. I even had some wings the other day. Where? uh thirsty buffalo they've got a lot of new flavors going there and i had a taste uh thirsty buffalo on uh on elmwood uh elmwood and lexington Hmm. it's uh it's i mean it's sports bar it's like the one sports bar in elmwood village so um it's you know if you want to go watch games that's where you go that's where i watch the the sabers get pounded eight to four by pittsburgh (laughs) um and, uh, I had, a, had a taste of what was it? It was the sp- spicy honey garlic wings and pretty good. Yeah. Say. Like, you know, I've had their wings before and like, yeah, they're fine. Like they're, they're fine. Like if you, if you're hankering for wings and you don't want to go too far and it's you know for typical me, like, Buffalo wings, they're, they're yeah, decent. They're good. They're totally right. fine. But like this flavor combo, I was really surprised. Like this was, I was not expecting sweet and spicy and garlic, you know, all together. So it was, uh. It was a nice combo. I saw they've got Jamaican jerk wings there too, so I'm gonna have to go back and try those because I'm I'm a fiend for Jamaican jerk anything. So and that not just a play on my nickname either. Like that's <laughs> that's just the natural that's just the natural combo that works out well. I um I'm
1: intrigued. I have not had those, and I obviously will be now uh, this summer. I'm gonna give you a spot. I've talked about this on the podcast. In fact, like I said, I did my um. My 2021 winter spring chicken wing power rankings. I got 69 places, and I have nice. a place that debuted all the way up at number six, and that's in you're you're a Sider now. Mm-hmm. I'm born and raised on the West Side. It's called Sports City Pizza Pub. Have you had them? Oh
2: yeah, I, I it's it's been a little while. Yeah, <laughs> I think for most places it's been a little while. But but um, I was there oh, well, the last time I was there. I think we were watching. I think it was uh, I think it had to be 2019. I think it was NCAA tournament where we were watching a Bills game there or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we made sure to get wings because that was just easier to get. Because if you know, and we didn't have a seat. Like the place was packed. Like it was a it was a, it was a Saturday or Sunday or something like that for sports. And there was no tables to be had. So we were just like hovering around the bar. There was no seats at the bar for us. And so the place was busy. Uh, so we were just like, screw it. Let's get some wings, get some beers in us, and 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 go from there. And wings were dynamite. Yeah. Wings were really good, but it had been a while. Like, I haven't I haven't made it a ritual to go there, um, but, like, yeah, wings were really good. I love the, the the beer selection there, and, you know, I'm a sucker for just a place hanging up all their sports items because I see it around there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and by the way, when you say it was packed, it's just so people who haven't been there know, it's not a tiny bar, it's not a small bar. It's, no. a, it's a relatively big size, well, not huge, but it's a it, it's decent-sized place, so for it to be packed, it must mean they're, there were a lot of people there. Yeah, I went there, and it was empty. I, I took my son there, and we had wings, and I was just completely blown away. The wings were great. The pizza was really good. I debuted them. Yeah, I debuted them at number six. Uh, I really like everything about that place, except the parking. You know how Niagara yeah. Street is, especially with well, all the construction yeah. to make it worse. So if you don't get lucky on a busy day when you go there, you're going to have a hard time, potentially at least uh, finding a parking spot. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Niagara Street's got some places going on with it. Like I've really enjoyed that people have started to to discover uh ranchos uh Mexican. I saw Marcel uh from ESPN mention he was he had stopping by there and I was like, oh dude, that place is great. I haven't and, had uh, it. You, you've got there, you've got uh Sports City Pizza Pub, you've got uh Free Street Tavern, which is a small place, uh really nice mixed drinks, uh, and they do some food, like they they don't have a kitchen so they make everything like they make but they make a mac and cheese like a daily mac and cheese that's like some wild concoction uh a guy I know is the one who's who's the brains behind it and he makes up some wild stuff all the time and it's really good and they do they'll do paninis like they got a panini press behind the bar too so they'll do they'll do little things like that but like i mean it's, it's mostly like if you want to go there to chill out for like on a date or something like that it's a really nice spot or if you just you're fiending for like a nice nicely made drink it's a really good spot it's small but it's a great spot it's a really (laughs) nice spot and it's like niagara street so like not a lot of people are really hitting it up but it's it's picking up i really like niagara street's starting to come around and that's nice to see i really i always hope that the west side obviously
1: like i said i'm born and raised I'm, i'm a west sider for life so that's awesome to hear one last thing too right up the street from there i don't know if you've ever been there santa cereals That's where roast their roast beef, whether you get beef on whack or their pasta, some of the best, like they have very good roast beef. They have very good pasta. You combine the two of them together. Like if you like both those things, like say you go with somebody to share a plate and then you share a sandwich. That's, that's as good as it gets, man. That place has been around for a while. Like a lot of these places are new, like sports city pizza pubs only been on agar for a handful of years now. Santa Cereo has been there since I was a little kid
2: growing up decades ago. I love that place went there to eat once and was taken aback that it was a cash only place <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like wait what and uh they're like don't worry atm's right there and i was like okay thank you but like <laughs> yeah pasta was dynamite i was that was that's such an old school type of joint that like I, for an italian restaurant if you got like an old school type of place i'm a sucker for that every time like if you tell me that it's like oh there's this joint that's been here since the 50s cool i'm in let's go <laughs> i don't care i don't care how good the food is like, i mean i care how good the food is but like if there's a place that's like that, that's like people are, you know, like the old gener- older generations are just like, yeah, we used to go there. Yep, sign me up. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get
1: into uh, little Bills and Sabres stuff, and then we'll do weekly segments, I got the TBP interest meter and then the starting five draft. Uh, what about the schedule? So the, uh, the Bills schedule, anyway, the old, uh, NFL schedule came out. But in terms of the Bills itself, four prime time games, three of them on the road. Um, another thing that sticks out on the schedule, three of the first four at home to last four at home in between in weeks five uh, through 10 four of their fiber on the road and they got to buy in week seven. So they got a home game in early October and then not again until October 31st. Uh, kind of a two-part question. Are you a as a bit well you're you're also a Detroit Lions fan, but just football in general, when you want watch your team play, do you like primetime games and late games or would you prefer such as myself? if I am my way, the Bills would have been playing 17 games at one o'clock on Sunday, just because I like that routine. And then the second question I got for you. So again, three of the last four at home for Buffalo in a way that's good. You're playing at home. Knock on wood, hope to God, fans will be fully able to attend games. That's awesome. But is it really an advantage with the kind of offense the Bills have? The cold, the wind, the snow, potentially. Anyway, this is a pass-first, very pass-happy offense. So I'm not really sure how much of a home advantage uh, that really is. But anyway, your thoughts on the
2: schedule and stuff like that. Well, I, I think I, I like the bill schedule quite a bit. I think they've got, I think they're sitting, sitting very well. Um, it, you know, I, I know there's gonna there's, I like that their schedule is that you can look at it and immediately pick out the games that are the must wins, you know, and I know things will shake out as the season goes along that, I mean, that always happens, but um But like the those prove it games, like the Bills, the Bills aren't like the 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 gutsy feel good story right now. They're the favorites, (laughs) right? As far as I'm concerned, they are the fit. Like them and Kansas City are one and two, uh, with order to be determined. I'm not saying the Bills are the number one team in the AFC. Kansas City's still beastly, but like that makes that game on October 10th a huge one. Like that's, I mean, that's a slam dunk. You have to put that on NBC (laughs) Sunday night. Like that, that's a game that you had to do. I'm surprised. Honestly, if Kansas City had won the Super Bowl, I bet that would have been the Week One CBS or uh, NBC game um, to make to make that happen. I think that would have been automatic. But yeah, uh, to be able to have that, you know, five weeks into the season before you know some of the bye weeks start up and things, you know, the teams are really got their their legs under them. Really excited to watch that because I think I think we were kind of robbed of a of a great game. Um, in the regular season last year, because of the the garbage weather in Buffalo, and both teams were trying to not show their hands too much, right? And it turned into a a run fest instead of a a pass happy game. And you know what? I mean, AFC title game, it's tough, but like that's a lesson learned for the Bills, and you know, I know that's going to be very fresh in their mind. Uh, when it comes to that game, because, you know, until that you're hoping the next time you see him is going to be in late January for another AFC title matchup. If, I mean, if you're lucky, maybe you don't have to face him again. Um, but I think that's, you know, that's, that's your test. That's your early season test. And then, you know, when it breaks down, I mean, the rest of their division's bad, you know, I, I, <laughs> I mean, it, it's amazing how it's flipped from the Patriots to the bills to being, you know, the, the, the top team there. Uh, and I know people still fear the Patriots. They're, they're not good. <laughs>
3: no.
2: I know they're going to have a bunch of guys back from, you know, from taking the year off from COVID. So, I mean, their defense should be better. Um, but I mean, you know, if they can't keep Cam upright and if they can't keep Cam's head steady there, I don't know what they're, I don't know what you're going to do there because mm. the rest of what they got is just not exciting. Like the, the Pats just don't have it. The only team to me that seems even remotely threatening is Miami and a lot of that depends on what happens with Tua right you know, I, I people were jumping all over Tua saying like oh he's not good he's not good you know oh, he's so inconsistent I'm like sounds like a guy Buffalo had playing quarterback for him a couple years ago in his first year well gee who is that all right Josh Allen Um if Tua can fix can fix up everything he was doing man, I, why can't they why can't he be the exact same as Allen. That's that's the way I look at it. And Miami's really done a nice job kind of filling things out around on that team. And we saw it last year. I mean they were a much better team last year. And I think if two is a lot more consistent and can really can show why he was he was destined to be that that top quarterback guy coming out of Alabama, why not, man? I mean Bill Bill's dolphins like going going neck and neck with each other, trying to, you know, kick each other's teeth in. Uh, for the division boy that's a great 90s throwback if you ask me <laughs> <laughs> i think that makes the division way more fun you know the jets i mean whatever the jets think like that's that's a team that'll shoot its own foot off constantly i mean they, you know new quarterback like they're going to throw him to the wolves right away good luck yeah good luck they're they're going like, to they're going to struggle for a while but i mean you know bills should uh, like bills dolphins games and the bills chiefs games and the titans game i think those are the those are the big ones
1: you know last year though the, the tiny little stretch where things semi-fell apart for the Bills was back-to-back weeks last year where they stunk at, at Tennessee and then they lost at home to Kansas City. And they're playing those two teams back-to-back, both on the road in primetime. That's probably the, the two-game biggest stretch. What about the Saints game Thanksgiving night? All right, so I'm going to amend what I said earlier. I said if I had my way, the Bills would play 17 games at Sunday 1 o'clock. If I had my way, the Bills would play 16 games Sunday at 1 o'clock. And then Thanksgiving night against the Saints, because actually that it, that does personally uh I'm kind of pumped up that'll make I'll have a little more pep in my step on Thanksgiving, and I'll be looking forward to going to do that day and eating and uh being able to stay up and watch the bills play on on Thursday Night football. Are you excited about that or you're like, ah eh?
2: <laughs> it's it's a, okay so that's 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 a tough one for me because my team plays Thanksgiving every year. Uh, at twelve, you know, at twelve thirty every year, and playing it's Chicago like, um, this year, right? Yeah, they're playing the Bears this year. Which I mean, hey, at least at least that guarantees we're going to see the uh, the highlights of Barry Sanders running all over the Bears in in <laughs> Thanksgiving games past. Yeah, so like yeah. that's wonderful to watch, but like that's the only highlight for me. Like I'm far from that. It's just like thank God their game is over with early in the er, you know early in the week. I don't have to, like, I don't have to have my Sunday ruined by the stupid Lions. You know, instead they just, you know, they get, you know, their game's over with and it's dinner time. That's usually how it goes. So like, that's, that's fine. They can't ruin my dinner. They can't, (laughs) you know, like they can ruin my afternoon but they can't ruin my dinner (laughs) and that's fine. And they can't ruin my weekend. Like after that, it's just like, all right, you know, countdown to Christmas and there's the the Lions season's already been over for like three weeks at that point. So uh, but in the Bills case, this is a thing to look forward to. Like you know, they, you know, they they beat what Dallas last year on Thanksgiving. Was it? Uh, two. Yeah, I think it was yeah, two it was, years ago. Was it two years yeah, ago? Yeah, it was two years ago. Right, it was the year the Bills went to the playoffs lost to Houston. So yeah,
1: two years ago. Yeah, oh, they, okay. they won in, in Dallas.
2: Yeah. So like that's a different that's a whole different thing for, for Bills fans. Like that's a whole different sort of thing. Like they're playing the prime time game. You know, everybody's already eaten and they're settled in and they're just like, all right, let's go football. Let's let's do this like that. That Cowboys game that happens at four o'clock on Thanksgiving. You know, I think the last time the, the last couple of times I remember that being memorable was like that ice bowl game with the Dolphins in Dallas where they had like an ice storm in Dallas and the Dolphins showed up. And somehow I think the Dolphins beat him. But that's like yeah, ages ago. That's like Aikman was still the quarterback for Dallas. I think that I think Marino was playing for Miami for crying out loud. So, you know, like that game is never memorable for me because I'm sitting down eating. Like, I don't, you know, my dad was a Giants fan. So like, we didn't give a crap about the Cowboys. And like, Cowboys-Giants was never the Thanksgiving game. So we were just like, yeah, whatever. It's This is fine. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's way different for the Bills. And like, going to New Orleans for it, how many, I want to know how many Bills fans are already like, you know what, we don't need a family Thanksgiving this year. (laughs) We can just go to New Orleans. You know, the The busiest bar night of the year is Thanksgiving Eve. Imagine being on Bourbon Street at Thanksgiving. Eve. Good God, with Bills fans, good Lord. Yeah, there's
1: a lot of cousins and stuff like that that ain't going to be around for your Thanksgiving dinner this year because they're going to be in New Orleans on on (laughs) on Bourbon Street for sure. I'll tell you, man, the two games that I look – well, usually it's one game. I look forward to finding out every year because I'm down here in Florida when Miami – when the Bills play in Miami, and that's generally because – well, obviously not, your, not last year, notwithstanding because of COVID, um, a group of friends will come down usually. I know people that are coming down for the game every year. So I kind of got the the shitty end of that stick this year because they're in Miami early in the year Um, this year. I think it's like week two they're in Miami. Yeah, yeah September two. 19th. That's early. That's still very hot. Um, But this year they're playing Tampa Bay and that worked out perfect. So I'm like 40, 45 minutes away at most from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. I'm about three and a half hours from Miami and we've went to Miami twice now. Um, So yeah, Miami kind of got the short end, but I was looking forward to the Tampa game and I heard a lot of, you know, was potentially talked about as the opening kicking off the season, which would have been nice in a way. But again, selfishly, I know I'm going to get a big group to come down here and I would rather have it where the weather's better. Well, actually, I don't know why I feel like that because screw the people in in Buffalo. I don't give a shit if it's going to be too hot. I'm used to it. I got to be hot all summer long. So you should too. (laughs) No, but that's December 12th. So, I I mean, a little too close to Christmas for comfort there, too. I mean, that's a pretty pricey trip just a couple weeks before Christmas. But I suppose if you start saving and paying for it now. But anyway, the weather will be great. So that kind of worked out for me. Uh, At the end of the day, though, Joe, we knew what they were. We knew all the teams. We knew where they were playing. And we knew
2: how many games it was going to be. They kind of overdo everything. Leaking thing. through the afternoon, like oh, yeah. that, it, it finally gets released. Everybody's like, "Oh, it's here!" It's like, "Well, we've known for hours." I yes. had
1: the schedule on my Facebook by two P- by two p.m. on Wednesday. I had the build schedule pieced together. I had a Facebook post, and I kept editing, and going back as I would see a leak and change it in and stuff. So yeah, it was out mm-hmm. hours before. But anyway, no,
2: I gotta ask: Do you like because it's a longer schedule? You think getting a bye week as early as they get, like week seven's kind of early? and then you got to play what 10 games in a row
1: yeah 10 games grief. in a row um
2: that's yeah that's kind of tough right
1: yeah i think that's like, a, I, I, a bit early i would have liked to have gotten a bye like maybe after week 10 or 11 um mm-hmm. i guess you could look at it from an aspect of uh competitively they're going to get a rest after playing the chiefs in tennessee back to back uh yeah. in prime time games and then they get a bye week and i mean if if it's true and i don't know what the stats say but if you're better off your buy the bills are at home against miami which is probably the biggest threat to them in the afc east and that's obviously mm-hmm. you, know, you can argue very easily that the miami game is far more important to the bills season than the the kansas city or tennessee game at least in terms of you know the standings in the division so mm-hmm. i guess from that aspect maybe it's a good time to have a buy but yeah i agree personally for me i would rather have it like 3 or 4 weeks later give the uh, because yeah, you're going on a, a, a good long stretch. I think it's uh yeah, 11 games after that, so it's a lot.
2: Mm-hmm. But yeah, but you know what? They get a couple of cookies after that Dolphins game. With, I mean, they're on the road; like they got to go to Jacksonville. They got to go play the Jets. But like that's yeah, I mean, at least that's that's it's kind of a, a mild reprieve. I mean, that that totally screams a trap game. Like you know, losing one inexplicably to either team, but um, but like that. But then you got to go home to play the Colts, and like that. I don't know that could be that could be tricky. Yeah, that's it's a a, tough. Depends game. I don't know. Like Colts are different now cuz you know Rivers retired and um I don't even know who they picked up to play quarterback. Uh Carson, they got remember. Carson
1: Wentz during in the off or they traded oh. for Carson Wentz. So yeah, the Colts are a good team. I like the schedule man. There's I don't have any significant complaints. I mean, I don't think I was worried that maybe they would have like a stretch where they had to play four or five really hard teams in a row, you know, with the mm-hmm. the tougher road games. But I think it's spread out pretty well. And I like the fact that again they get an opportunity to have three of their first four at home and three of their last four at home. So uh, all in all, I like it. But like I said, we already knew that was coming. Good fun. It's always that
2: time of year now. Sabers. No, 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 I was gonna. I was uh, just one more quick thing of the Bills. Imagine being the Atlanta Falcons and seeing you got to go to Buffalo for January. yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Now see that's that's where I do feel. You know, I was telling you a handful of minutes ago. I said I don't know that because of the way the Bills play offense. That maybe a brisk um, December or, or Jan- early January because that game's on January 2nd. Maybe it's not mm-hmm. such an advantage to the Bills because of the way they play offense. But you know what? Screw that, man. You're down here in Atlanta playing football, and you got to come up to Buffalo on January 2nd. You, play in a, you live in the South, and you play in a dome, and now you got to go up and play in Orchard Park. So that actually is a, <laughs> a straight-up uh, home field advantage for the Bills big time. Sabres. Got to turn the channel here. Uh, Yeah. Dude. All right. So we're having good fun laughing, talking about the bills and the schedule. (laughs) This shit ain't funny, man. Now, No. I will put a link in the show notes. Go back. If you didn't catch Tuesday's episode, I had Joe on and we spent a lot of time discussing the press conferences of a handful of players who very clearly don't want to be here anymore. And we're talking, of course, about Jack Eichel and Rasmus Rissolainen and Sam Reinhart. Not going to rehash that so much. So. Go back and listen to that on Tuesday. But since we did talk on Wednesday, Don Granado spoke to the media and Kevin Adams spoke to the media and they were asked, I thought they were asked fair, but very tough questions. And what were your thoughts on Kevin Adams? Now, I, I do want to use a, a quote or two that he said directly. When asked about ICO, and he didn't always say him by name, but he was saying, uh, we're going to get this right with the people who want to be here and then another quote saying, "I'm not going to live in the past. I'm going to talk to you guys about how you go forward. How we go forward is people who want to be here and be part of the solution." He did say that Jack Eichel has not asked for a trade since they had talked last. Uh, like, what are you? What are your? Did anything you hear from Kevin Adams on Wednesday change anything that you heard previously uh, from the players? And like, what are your thoughts with this franchise right now after hearing from him?
2: Well, I, I think everything was very kind of coded from what Adams was saying. I think anything that he was saying about Jack was coded to the point of saying, you know, hey, Jack quit be an idiot. Um, your doctors and our doctors agreed on this thing. You know, where did this, you know, where did this idea to, you know, get this experimental surgery coming from? Like, you know, whoever told you that, don't listen to them, you know, your guys and my guys agree, so why are you being so stupid? Um, you know, if you, if you cut away the layers of, of trying to keep a good face on things, if anything, I'd say Adams just kind of just doubled down on the way Jack did it, and he basically he you know I'll give Adams credit. He said it very nicely with you know with the kind voice that he has and everything. But he basically told Jack, "Hey, f you, like you know you want to go get surgery? That you know, hey, you know, like hey, we'll we'll take our time. We'll wait for you to do that. That's fine. But you know, if we we get through this, you know, the the conservative treatment uh, time frame that they set." Um if you still want to get your surgery okay man good luck with that like but uh you know we don't want you to do that we want you to do what we said your doctors even told you to do this this way so we don't know where you're getting this crap from but we don't we don't like it very much um and if trading you somewhere else gets you that surgery cool all right congrats or if this is or if this is your way of like strong arming your way to get out of buffalo all right i guess like have fun with that but i mean does that mean I'm like you know on Team Adams about this? No, no, <laughs> right, not at all. Like it, there's no reason to trust anybody from the team right now about trying to get things these things squared away and trying to get things done. Like there's just no reason at all. Um, because why would you? <laughs> yeah, you know, at this point with the Sabers, why do you trust anything that anybody's going to do? And there's no track record, you know, the, the and the track re- track record that does exist for what's been happening in the past is terrible. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like what I wrote for, for die by the blade this week. This is, I mean, if you didn't see something like this coming down the road at some point, you're fooling yourself like this, you know, all the mistakes of the past just came, came home to roost this time. And like, of course this played out this way. Of course, all these guys want out. It's been nothing but losing. Like who wouldn't want to get out of that by that point, you know, Jack's, you know, the only reason why Jack's, you know, in a better spot is because his contract is squared away. You know, Sam, Sam's contract, you know, if, you know, if he doesn't get a long term deal done here, like he's one and done if he stays in Buffalo, and if you're Buffalo, why would you do that? You know, the they they've painted themselves into this corner. So, you know, I, I mean, good for Adams for for sticking up for himself and and kind of sticking to his guns. You know, I didn't really like him. You know going out of his way to, to throw a cookie to the Pagoulas, but I mean, Hey, whatever. Like you gotta, you gotta say nice things about the boss. So that, did, it, that
1: did not play well on social media, by the way, no, as he said no, that I looked at all. a lot of comments and you could tell it was a lot of, a lot of, ad, well, perceived <laughs> ass kissing anyway, going on. Fans were not happy yeah. about that. By the no, way, I'm, I'm going to put a, like, I'm going to put a link to that article that you wrote for die by the blade as well. in uh, in the show notes, I
2: enjoyed it a lot. It was, uh, yeah, it was one of the, I was, I was trying to get the right tone for it. I was trying to not come over the top too hard. So yeah. I hope, I hope I did that. You did. <laughs> the response was mostly good, apart yeah. from, you know, a couple of trolls, but you know, <laughs> of course the trolls, you're not on the internet without trolls. Of
1: course not. Now here's the thing. Well, there's two things that bother me. One about the organization and one about Icle specifically. What bothers me about this organization, it's like, this is the kind of feeling where, I start to feel like nothing is ever going to be good again, because if you take the positives from the last 28 games or so with Granado taking over and the improved play of guys like T.H. Thompson, and you talked about all these guys on Tuesday, Tage Thompson and and Darlene and and Yoki Haru, and especially Mm -hmm. Casey Middlestat Dylan Cousins look very promising this year, the entire year, not just the last 28 games. They got some, Andrews Bjork looked are okay. You know, he looked decent at least. There's some pieces there that you say, okay, Sam Reinhardt showed that he could play center. He, in fact, he excelled playing there over the last stretch of games. So you take all that and then you say, okay, well, if we can get Jake McKay back, and we talked about him on Tuesday's show, he's mm-hmm. a pretty good defenseman. And of course, obviously if they can get Omar back and maybe add another goaltending piece of a, a better number two or maybe a one B, whatever have you. So you take all that stuff, man. And then you bring back a healthy and motivated Jack Eichel who wants to be here. And I'm thinking in my mind, mm-hmm. this team is pretty good. I mean, they were competitive. We talked about this on Tuesday. Their record with Omar when he started and finished the game was right around 500. And that's with all the bullshit that's been going on all year. So you mm-hmm. you say you get these guys back there. The younger guys take that next step. You get Eichel. You got Reinhardt. He's, he's your number two center. Things are looking good. But nope. This week, that all went to shit, man. Sam Reinhardt clearly does not want to be here. I don't give a shit about Rasmus Rissolinas I am not even really talk about him. He could go. Bye. But Sam Reinhardt and Jack Eichel, it's like, well, what the hell, man? It's like, now, you, you know, you start all over. So that drives me nuts. And then what scares me most is Eichel sounds like he wants out and he's hurt. And what bothers me yeah. the most is I, I get a sense that ultimately the Sabres are going to have to trade him. But I... Did they get enough for him? You know, are they going to take, I don't want to say pennies on the dollar, but they're not going to get a dollar back. That's the way I feel like, what are your thoughts with that?
2: Yeah. They're in a weird spot. Like it's just such an awkward, it's not weird. It's just awkward. Um, Because this whole thing with Jack has just completely clouded things up and you can't help, but feel that um, like from the get-go, I mean, it was just strange where, you know, when, when they told us that Jack was going to get a second opinion, it was like, well, I kind of understand why he's getting a second opinion. I mean, you look at, you know, how some of the things have happened to some of these guys in the past with the team and you're just kind of like, yeah, I can can get why he wouldn't want to trust the doctors and, you know, Adams, you know, to his credit, he doubled down and he said, listen, our doctors are great. Like, you know, pointing out that some of them are nationally recognized. So like, okay. I mean, I get it, but like the same point, you know, if you're Jack, how do you have faith in that? When you watch, when he's watched some of his buddies have to deal with injuries in the past and that, you know, things that have gotten screwed up and, and, you know, delayed their careers and, and, and basically hurt them. You know, that's, that's not fun to watch on his part. So I, I get it. And, you know, in Sam's case, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it, for me, it's tougher to read that because of how Granado spoke about him and, you know, the growth that Sam had, you know, playing center and looking, you know, looking as good as he did playing center. And that makes me, that makes me wonder, you know, where like the, I, I guess the, the theory is like, if you trade Jack, can you, can you, can you settle things down with Sam enough to say, you're a guy now you're going to be the number one center. We're going to, you know, we're putting, we're putting it on you. We're going to sign you to a long-term deal, which I'm sure he would ask for Jack money. <laughs> Cause why, why wouldn't you at that point? Um, But you know, maybe in the Sabres thinking, they're like, well, if we can trade Jack and lose that $10 million, maybe we can sign Sam for nine million a year and you know, kind of save a little bit of money and and go from there. And which I mean, I know that probably wouldn't sit well with anybody because Jack's the guy, and you know, Sam's turn at center, while it looked great, is still only, you know, a handful of game, you know, 25 games or so. So I mean, I can I can get how there would be a lot of reticence there, but you know, if you're Sam after all of this and his very clear and justified disdain for some of the guys in the media here. Do you want to deal with that for long-term? <laughs> like, you know, do you, do you put your faith in the team to say like, yeah, I, I think you guys are going to get it turned around. I mean, he's got no reason to think that and to, you know, to continue to get hammered by guys for, you know, when he puts up a career year, he's still getting buried by guys for X, Y, Z reasons. Why do you want to deal with that? Like, you know, I mean, I know playing at home would be a different kind of stressor, but like at least, at least then you're home <laughs> and people are excited to have you at home. And let's not to say that people aren't excited to have him here, but, um, but if like, if he's presented with a deal to go to Calgary or Vancouver, doesn't he say yes, like in a, in a heartbeat, I would, doesn't that, you know, like, I mean, wouldn't you just say, yeah, let's go, let's, let's get it done. Or if one of those teams presented him an offer sheet, wouldn't you just sign it right away? I mean, yeah, you're daring the Sabres to match it, but aren't you just kind of like, yeah, screw it. who cares?
0: just go to indeed.com slash bluewire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast that's indeed.com slash bluewire terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed
1: <laughs> if you're watching if you're listening obviously you're, you're not watching and <laughs> I had a moment where I hit the wrong <laughs> button and got it kind of went in. He was talking about Sam Reinhardt coming back off of uh, this ad break. Now, in terms of him and and, and also Jack Eichel, do you feel like, not like let's use Aaron Rodgers as an example. He has said, I'm never going to play in Green Bay again. Jack Eichel has not done that. Short of him doing that, do you think it might be wiser for, for, if he gets healthy for the Sabres, maybe to play him and keep him for next year for no other reason than the show the, the, the other teams around the league that he's healthy and, and playing at his level and then trade him sometime next year as opposed to maybe giving in because you know he wants to out now and trade him in the summer? Is that a dilemma or do you think
2: that really don't matter? You're kind of playing with fire, I think, no matter what there, honestly, because that, that's that's working on the assumption that Jax wants to come back. You know, I mean, he said that he hasn't asked for a trade, but you can say you want to trade without saying it just the same like you can say enough stuff to just be like i'm going to i'm going to keep making a mess of this uh until you move me like that that can happen it's not that jack's going out of his way to do to do interviews like that's that's for damn sure um but if i'm the sabers i you know i mean i think yeah you you kind of need to show that hey yeah, he's recovered from this he's good to go he's still the same guy as always but at that point then people ask the sabers why are you why do you want to trade that guy if he's If you know, like, you have the you have the understanding that he's a top ten guy in the league, and like, you know, yeah, I'm okay. Sure, you want to show that he's healthy, but at the same point, you know, if you show your fans that he's a top ten guy, you're gonna have people screaming, "Don't trade him! Don't trade him!" And at that point, you're putting it on, you know, you're you're the pressure is high on the team because then it's like, well, we have to trade this guy, but the fans are gonna kill us for doing it. Like, you don't need to remind the fans of how good he is. People know. Like we Everybody knows how good he is. You don't need to put a fresh reminder out there for everybody how good he is. And there's like, wait, you're going to trade that guy? That guy. You're going to move him. Good luck. Like, it makes everything just so, so difficult and so awkward if you, if you try to play through it and just say, hey, listen, dude, we're just going to do this. And who's to say? Jack's not going to say, you know, I think I really need to take my time here and getting this right. You know, it's my neck. You know, it's a serious thing. Like, I don't know when I'm going to be back. Uh, I'll get it figured out. Like, right. Don't call yeah. me. I'll call you. I'll let you know when I'm healthy. You know, like like his, the doctors can clear them. The sense
1: that I got from listening to Jack and Sam and, and Rasmus and then Kevin is, uh, I get the sense they're all going to be gone. That's my gut. That's what my gut tells me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I have no insight. I'm completely guessing. But I see a scenario where they spent so much time talking about the young leadership of this team or future young uh, leadership of this team. I could easily see them. And Kevin Adams going out of his way several times to talk about, you know, guys who want to be here. He kept saying that over and over and over again. I totally see a scenario where all three of those guys, now the I really, again, going back to Russell, Russell Lane, and given what his contract is, I would literally take almost anything just to get rid of that for a year. Uh, that's just me personally obviously Sam is a lot trickier but one year left uh, or a restricted free agent for one more year. And then he could do whatever the hell he wants. Whereas Eichel's under a team control wherever he gets traded for, for a number of years. So that makes it trickier, but I could totally see them trying to pick up some pieces, get another high traffic here and build use a couple of the, the guys that they're building on right now, you know, to continue. I, they don't want to say the word rebuild, but clearly, obviously they're trading Jack and yeah. Sam, we're headed towards yet another uh rebuild. Do you get a sense that one or all these guys are gone? And also, going back to Don Granado, whether those guys are here or not, are you convinced that he's the right guy for the job after listening to him? Or do you think that uh ultimately they're gonna go somewhere else?
2: I think when it comes to Jack and Sam, I I say they're pretty much gone. I think Jack's more gone than Sam is, but it's it's close. Um, Risto, I'll believe he's gone when he's actually traded. Yeah. <laughs> i I think I think that I, for whatever reason the 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 higher ups with the organization love him. and I don't know if it's out of stubbornness or if it's just out of just they just love the guy. Um, but I'll believe he's traded when he's actually traded. Like I don't you know not uh, like if he signed an extension after the season, it wouldn't shock me in the least. like that wouldn't surprise me at all. Because I think that they've just been so beholden to keeping him in the lineup and keeping him playing that they're just kind of like, yeah, hey, cool. No, oh, we love this guy. Like, there's no reason to, other than the, like, they they like him personally and they they think that you know it's the size and the strength thing. Like, aside from that, as a as as a player, his name could be Bob Smith, and I just be like, you gotta you gotta you gotta move Bob Smith. Your team will be better without Bob Smith. Right. Um, but uh, when it comes to Granado. I think that's where the discussion gets really difficult again, because if you still have Jack and Sam, and you've 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 figured out that like they're supposed to be here, Don Granado's proven himself to be a pretty good guy to to fire up these younger guys and to get them playing and as a development sort of guy. Do you want a development guy for for a team that's got some guys that are already developed, they're already squared away, and they just want to like let's get to the playoffs and win something here? I don't know if that's the right mix um and that you know that depends on what happens with some of these other you know these other moves in the off season but you know if, if you decide to trade jack and sam i think you're very solid with keeping don granado in charge and just kind of hope for a little bit of um like 2005 2006 magic where you you know you have so low expectations and that you've got a guy in there that knows how to get these guys juiced up and going And if you got you know a team full of younger guys, then hey, cool, run for it. Let's see what you got. Um, but I think if you've got Jack and Sam, you have you're you're making a commitment, commitment to make the postseason immediately. And to do that, you need somebody who's who's kind of been through it before and who who knows how to push those buttons. It's not saying that Don Granado can't be that guy, but I think you're in a much different spot if you're saying like, hey, let's try it one more year. Let's run it back. Like you sign Sam to a one-year deal and say, all right, he might walk after this year. Or hey, you know, Jack's no move kicks in after next season. Then he controls where he wants to go and then we're screwed. You know, <laughs> you know it's, it's one of those things where like you're really torn. So that's why I think it's up to Adams now. He's got to make a decision now to figure out how they're going to go about this. That's why it seems obvious to me they're going to move on from Jack and they're going to move on from Sam because – yeah, I, I think they're hesitant to make those kinds of commitments to them when they don't know for sure those guys even want to stick around. You got to be
1: all in one way or the other. You can't do it halfway. You can't have a half of a rebuild, yeah. basically, is what you're seeing. Either get rid mm-hmm. of Jack, get rid of Sam, potentially Rasmus, Let's go with our younger guys, get more young guys, kind of blow it up a little bit. Because if you trade Jack, you're probably going to get a young player and maybe a prospect or, or some draft picks and stuff like that. which is going to make your team even younger. So you got to do one or the other. I completely agree. I
2: mean, being a young team isn't a bad thing. I mean, Sabres are already young. <laughs> yeah. You know, when we talk about Jack being an old player, he's what, 25? He yeah, turns 25 so in October. Talk
1: about his ass like he's <laughs> our age and shit.
2: <laughs> I mean, you know, like these guys aren't old. It's just that they've been in the league now for six, you know, six years. Right. And that's that's the hard part is that you're just like... <sighs> wait, it's been a hell of a long six years. I mean, it's it's the kind of thing where you're surprised they don't age like presidents do when they when they're in office, you know It's where you, but you they they've seen it all they've they've gone through it all and it all stinks, and they just you know, if you know, if Sam Reiner had a gray hair, you know, next season, would you blame him? <laughs> right?
1: yeah, i I hear you, man. It's gonna make for an eventful summer at least if if nothing else. um i right, I'll tell you what let's let's get to our segments to wrap up here. i I got two of them. One of them is the TBP, of course, talk Buffalo podcast. Interest meter, again, I'm going to run off a handful of, uh, and Joe doesn't know these, by the way, I haven't told him any of these. So he's hearing them as you are, so I didn't give him a chance to really think about it. I just want you to rate between a one being, one meaning you don't give a shit whatsoever, up to a 10 mm-hmm. meaning, oh, wow, man, I'm really intrigued. This is interesting to me. You can use fractions and then just maybe, you know, a quick line or two about each. You're good with that, right? Oh, yeah. All right, well, Yeah, hit me. Let's go, man. Let's uh, all right. First topic here Tim Tebow likely signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, Tim Tebow's returning for now.
2: Uh, I couldn't, could I do less than one? I could not give a shit else. <laughs> like, you know, listen, I know football is his game. It, like, I've watched him play baseball, he's not good at it. Like, you know, good, you know, hey, good on him for trying it out, good for, you know, giving it a shot. I won't hold that against him ever. He wasn't good at it <laughs> yeah. um he can't throw a football he's like what 30 30 well oh, he's going
1: to try to catch it. a football now because he wants they're going to try to make him into a tight end
2: well i mean they, they want to they jacksonville wants him to be their taysom hill hey why not like aren't those guys like the same age basically like everybody talks about taysom hill like he's he's like some young guy. guys like no he's like he's in his 30s man um i mean hey listen it, And NFL offense is all about like getting tricky with stuff like, all right, Hey dude, go for it. And you know what he's with his, you know, he's with urban Meyer. Okay. Like urban sticking to what he knows. He knows what he's going to get out of Tim Tebow, but I don't care. I'm so tired of the Tebow stuff. Like I'm just, I'm so over it and I don't give a crap about all like the, the reasons people like I'm just, whatever. Like, can you play good? Like, you know, good for him on winning a playoff game with Denver. Like, that was cool. Like, he beat the Steelers, I think it was, Steelers or Ravens or whatever it was. Great. Neat. You, you did something great. Congrats. <laughs> but, like, making him into like this guy that's going to be like, you know, the great, the, like, he's always been deigned to be like the greatest player to come out of college football. Like, no, like, no, it's, it's not that way. It's not that way ever. You know, he had a great college career. He's had an okay pro career. One last kick, of the, one last kick of the can. Go for it, man. Have fun. But like, don't put Jacksonville on prime time because friggin' Tebow is playing for. I don't need, to, I don't need to see that ever.
1: I don't think he'll be on the roster. So anyway, it's a lesson than one, for Joe, on the first topic. Next one, <laughs> Oakland A's may end up relocating. They may have to move because they can't get a, a new stadium deal. For me, I had like an 8.7 to begin with, only if it would be the, the Buffalo A's. But if it's not gonna be the Buffalo A's, then it's to use your turn that you've already coined a, a less than one. What's
2: yours? <laughs> uh, I'm really interested in this. I'm gonna say, I'm I'm at an eight. I'm I'm eight right flat eight. Um, because it's because I because I, I hate the the, the 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 holding cities ransom stuff, like that stuff drives me crazy. Um to do it to Oakland is just it's so petty. Like the Raiders tried it. And now MLB and the A's are like, Hey, that, that worked out really great. They got him to Vegas, which is probably where the A's would wind up going, which cool. Let's play baseball in Vegas in the dead of August. Sounds great. <laughs> like I get like it, they, like they'd have to build a dome stadium for him and all that, but like, no man, like get out of here with that stuff. Like I, I, I don't want to see that team moved. I want I would love to see a new stadium built there. I've seen some like plans for stuff in the past for, for trying to build something new in Oakland. But if you know, as far as I'm concerned, knock down all the stuff Al Davis put in the Coliseum and fix up like just all the stuff inside the Coliseum and make it a nicer place. Like I, I it'll cost you as much as a, as a new stadium, probably, but like you don't have to, you know, like you already got the thing there. Like it's crazy. It's crazy to think that it's gonna be like that, but like man. The fact that you're going to relocate, you want to relocate the A's or they're making the A's look at other cities. Like what else is la- like, there's what Vegas, uh, Portland, maybe, Nash- um, maybe Nashville, Nashville, Montreal, like Montreal, like Montreal is where the Rays are going to end up going. I think so too. at some point, probably. Yeah. So, uh, unless, you know, they can blackmail Tampa into building a new stadium down there, which it doesn't sound like they're very eager to do that at all. Um, Cause I mean, the, the dome stinks <laughs> the yeah. domes might be the worst stadium in the league that, that or sky dome. You know, like I like going to sky dome, but like, that's a bad ballpark. It's that stinks up there. But, um, but yeah, like, uh, but I'm fascinated by it. Cause I, I love the whole history of the Oakland days. Like I know they used to be in Philly back in, back in the oldie days, but um, but everything about like the red, you know, Reggie Jackson and Vita blue and those guys in the past. And then you get the bash brothers and, and all this stuff. I don't like the Billy Bean stuff because I think that's been generally terrible for baseball. Like I Billy Bean story is amazing and like you know the money ball stuff is great, but like that whole thing is turned is turned into Frankenstein's monster with baseball because now everybody's trying to be as dirt cheap as possible and it's, it's great. Like owners exactly. keep pocketing more money and the players keep not you know like cert- I mean some guys are still cashing in cashing in, but like it's nuts. Now of course I'll change my mind when Jason Dominguez plays for the Yankees at nineteen years old or whatever, or yeah. Twenty, he's a top prospect, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, he he jumps in there and he takes over as like the the center fielder for the next twenty years in pinstripes. Then I'll be okay with it. But like <laughs> right now, I'm talking big smack and saying like this is bad. But you know, if Jason Dominguez is under team control for for the first like what eight years of his career, then cool, I like it. <laughs> All right,
1: two more topics here. One. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class of 2021 was announced this week. It includes Tina Turner, Carol King, the Go-Go's, Jay-Z, Foo Fighters, and Todd Rundgren all under the performer category. So new class of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
2: Um I'm going to give it a 42 because that's how old I am and I can't believe the Foo Fighters are already eligible for the Rock and Roll yeah, Hall. Of first fame. year first it year of eligibility. Like oh my god like you know i'm (laughs) i'm i'm super like rock and roll hall of fame stuff for me is just i it drive the discourse drives me crazy because it's it's all popularity contest nonsense and like i still see iron maiden isn't in the rock and roll hall of fame and i'm like how does iron maiden not get in yeah rock and roll hall of fame like stupid but um Tina Turner getting in solo, like well, well deserved. Carol King, same thing. Like they're fantastic artists, they're fantastic singers and performers. Um,
1: and they're over. they're both in too. Just to clarify, that they both were in, but previously, right. but not as performers. Tina was there with Ike, and, and Carol was as a mm-hmm. songwriter, but now she is as a as a performer.
2: Yeah, right. And you know, the Go Go's. I mean, geez, find me a more poppy '80s group than the Go Go's, man. Like that was. <laughs> Like they, they were such a fun group, like just on fun, based on fun alone, like right. just first ballot fun band. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's cool. Todd Rundgren. I mean, I think everybody is, knows Todd Rundgren, whether they do, whether they actively do or not. Cool. But like, it, it, as far as like the bands that like, I I grind my teeth over for not getting in, I used, to, I was, you know, I always beat the drum for Rush. And it took them forever to get in the Rock and Roll Hall of they, they made a documentary in which they basically dunked on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame voting. Well, they, the band didn't. But everybody that spoke about the band in it were just kind of like, this is stupid. Why aren't they in the whole, like, Trent Reznor, like, you know, 90th Nails just went in last year. Which, again, why am I so old? um but like you know them and trey parker and matt stone from south park basically called him a bunch of shitheads for not <laughs> for not putting them in the hall of fame already like you know what's yeah. the big deal i don't see i don't see what the problem is like i hall of fame arguments man like the hall of fame <laughs> this is so cheesy the hall of fame is in your heart and like whatever you like and music is so subjective like sure. whoever you like is who you like you yeah you want to see him get like the national recognition and to be appreciated by everybody but when it comes down to it, like when our favorite bands get so big that other people jump on, don't we all get sort of provincial and, and just like, Hey, they're my band. I like them more than you, you, you know, everybody gets gatekeeper about their band and I don't know, whatever it's, it's fine. I'm happy for the artist. I'm happy they got in, but man, was I'm so I'm, I'm over the discourse. People are just like, you get mad about Jay-Z. It's like, dude, Jay-Z is like the biggest rap artist of, of like the, the, the 2000s, 90s and 2000s. Like, well, it's not rock and roll. What did he sample all the time? Like right. rock like rock and roll's instrumental to rap, whether you want to believe that or not. Like Yeah, it's all kinds of music now.
1: I read this morning, I was reading some of the bigger snubs, and you mentioned Iron Maiden, that was one for sure. And the other one, uh Mary J. Blige, Chaka Khan yeah. was around for a long time, Dion Warwick, uh, Rage Against the Machine, those are the the bigger snubs. Rage will get in. Yeah, they'll they'll get eventually.
2: So they'll, they'll get in some. I think I think of a band like King Crimson, like, you know, like I mean the Prague, Prague has a hard enough road anyways, being appreciated by the masses, but like King Crimson was a pretty huge band. And they're they're like, when you talk about influential groups, they're hugely influential on like hard rock groups and prog groups and things like that. But like, I get if people are just like, who the hell's King Crimson? I don't know what they're about. And you just show them that one album cover with the screaming face. You're like, oh, that's them. Okay. <laughs> but like that, that's a band I would love to see, but I don't see it ever happening. Right.
1: All right. Last topic here. So just when we thought that true love does not exist anymore, we were proven wrong because Ben Affleck and J-Lo may be back together now after a mere 17 years after they were engaged and broke up. So J-Lo and Ben Affleck, Benifer looks like they're back. What is the Joe Yerdon interest meter register at with that? <laughs> I almost feel laugh when I'm asking you.
2: How many how many stars did Geely get in reviews? Because that's my interest level. <laughs> I think it was zero, buddy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll put my interest level at that at the same like, hey, cool. Everybody loves a throwback. Like <laughs> neat. Dude, J Lo just, just can't want to know how A-Rod it.
1: she can't stop. <laughs>
2: oh hey, listen, I just want to know how A-rod blew it. That's 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 what I want. He cheated to know. on
1: like, her. He's it, it was the other way around. Uh, from oh apparently, allegedly, he was cheating on her. But dude, J Lo has been with A-rod ben twice apparently now she was with uh p diddy she was i think mm-hmm. she was married to mark anthony i know she was with a couple well-known dancers too it's like jesus man that good chick her, hates man. me she hates
2: being lonely dude <laughs> god damn hey listen you know what good for affleck because affleck suddenly looks like 20 years younger in yeah. the process which i don't know you know, Hey, listen, if, if, if may, Hey, maybe she digs the, uh, the Batman outfit. I don't know. <laughs> let me, let she me, shows, let, shows up at Ben's house and just <laughs> like, Hey, throw, throw this on. I'm, I kind of want to check it out. Let me make
1: a future prediction here. So we're doing this right now. What, <laughs> what where are we at? May I'm going to have in a future, let's say to be safe, let's be safe and conservative here in October, when we do the interest meter, it's going to be Benifer is no more. They break up again. And then I'll get your But we'll have to wait for October for that.
2: All right. Yeah. Last one. Plus or minus October. Yeah, I like that.
1: that. (laughs) Last one here. We do our weekly starting five. We're going to do a snake draft. We draft five each. Uh, Last week when I had Dell on, we did best 90s albums. And he whooped my ass. It was like 71 to 29. Which, by the way, Dell jokingly told me this week I talked to him. He says that I don't want him on the show anymore because he's been crushing me in the polls, which, I mean, that's not true whatsoever. It is true. He's been kicking my ass in the polls. I think we did seven of them, and and none of them were close. I mean, I won two, and he won five, and they were all blowouts. But yeah, he said it's because he's kicked my ass in the polls so bad. Not true, by the way, but he did. Um, So this week, this is what Joe and I are going to do. We're going to do TV shows from the 19th century. That means any TV show that primarily is from before the start of this century. And just for clarification, because if people wanna be technical, The Sopranos, West Wing, Family Guy, and Law and & Order, those are four shows that were very, very popular that could be on a list, but, and they debuted in 1999. So technically, there are shows that debuted in the 19th century. But that's, why am I saying 19th? Shouldn't I be saying 20th century?
2: 20th century, yes. Yeah, Jesus Christ, man. I don't think I'm, there's any TV shows yeah, I'm in the 18th century. <laughs> the <1800s>. I'm literally <laughs> off. I'm
1: looking at this. I'm like, what the hell am I talking about? Of course, it's the, <laughs> 20, <laughs> of course it's the 20th century. So technically, yeah, sure. Those shows debuted before the start of uh, this century. But those are ineligible. And this is Joe's first time doing this. So I got to kind of talk him do it a little bit. I'm going to give you your choice because we're going to be doing these every week. And whichever way you go. This week it'll be the opposite next week. So you're going to pick 5 and uh you can either have your first pick or you could have your next two. And again, whatever you pick this week, it'll be switched for next week. So okay. I'll give you the I'll give you the option here.
2: Oh. You know what? I feel confident in my draft list to let you go first this oh, time. Okay? I feel um, I feel that good about what I've scouted out here that I'll take I'll take two in a row. Thinking that i I'm gonna steal, I'm gonna steal two. I'm gonna steal the next two on your list. I'm I'm warning you now. I've learned this the hard way. Staying true to yourself
1: is it works and it makes you feel good, but I think it leads to getting your ass kicked in the polls, (laughs) which of course look, at the course, at the end of the day, it don't mean nothing. Um, I've had some um some categories that I thought were really critical choices that I really loved and then Mm -hmm. they didn't play well. But just so you know this. I would prefer that we stay true to ourselves. I want to pick shows like, for an example, the five shows I'm going to pick are the five shows that I like the most. I'm not picking the five Mm -hmm. shows that I think have the best chance of polling well. And I think my man, Del Reed, was guilty of that, by the way, a little bit. I'm just going to throw that (laughs) shit out there right now. But that's kind of the the spirit, the method of, of how I want to do this. So just so you know. All right, so anyway, I just said all that. I got the first pick, and I'm probably going with the most popular TV show one of the most popular TV shows ever, certainly from the 20th century. And that's Seinfeld. That's going to be my first pick. I, I just, I you know, I didn't even love Seinfeld that much when it came out. It was later on when I went back and, and watched it in, in syndication and ultimately completely binged the whole thing that I fell in love with the show. And I could talk about this show because it's not from uh, the 20th century, but Curb Your Enthusiasm would be very high. And in mm-hmm. a way, it's fun, even funnier in a way because it's dirtier and it's on HBO and stuff. But obviously, that stemmed from Seinfeld. It's just a show about nothing. And Jerry Seinfeld yeah. was actually the least favorite of, like, the main characters. He was actually my least favorite. I love George Costanza mm-hmm. and Elaine the most. But, yeah, man, that's just a show about nothing. Didn't have any real storytelling, no story arcs. I just absolutely loved it. So, for me, it's a relatively easy one. And I'm going to go with Seinfeld. So, That'll put you on the clock, and you're going to have the next two.
2: Okay, so I love the Seinfeld pick, it, uh, but I'll tell you, Seinfeld was number three on my list. Yeah. So you've just given me my – you've given me the first two on my board. <laughs> okay. Uh, which I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy about. Like, I was happy with my list, but now I'm even more happy about it, <laughs> which is – this is going to tell a lot about me that these are my next two picks. But my first of the next two is Cheers. Yeah. That's Possibly – possibly the best sitcom of all time. I you know I'll I'll say possibly the best sitcom of all time that managed to survive a lot of turmoil when Shelley Long left the show and they brought in Kirstie Alley and everybody's like I don't know if the show is going to be any good. They brought in Woody Harrelson, they you know they, you know, they lose, you know, coach dies, and, you know, they bring in Woody Harrelson. All these things that could have made it really tumultuous and it just got better. It got even funny. Like it was funny, really funny in the early on. But when you got to that end of Shelly Long's run there, you were just kind of like, boy, this, they need to change something up here. And then they did. And it was just even better after that. Like it just became wackier, little, like, but like not intolerably wacky, where you're just kind of like, all right, this is kind of dumb. Um, but oh, God, what a funny show. Just top to bottom, every, like no character on that show misses once. Like anybody who comes back at any point or just slightly recurring just knocks it out of the park. Brilliantly written show. Just an, awesome awesome freaking show and like for it to be centered around a boston red sox former pitcher me being a yankees fan being okay with it and loving it and being like yeah this is great and always making the yankees people on there out to to be huge villains loved it great (laughs) super so yeah cheers like every performance on it is just freaking outstanding so that's that's my first of my two in a row the second one the show's still on today it's the Simpsons. Oh, okay. So, the the by far the best era of the Simpsons happened in the 90s. Like the show debuted in 89 and the best era from it for it is basically seasons 3 through 9. My buddy Bill Hoppy would argue that it's 3 and 3 through 5 are the best seasons. Everything after that is just crap, but I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." 3 seasons, even season 2 is not bad. But season 3 through 9 is just outstanding season 10 is okay too. season 11 it started started to slide but that for me is like the premier satire and humor and everything that the show was written so unbelievably well and everything is acted out so well and all the jokes are just so on point and they nail everything and it's just it's a perfect perfect show and like for to send up the country at that time to be able to have a satire that way that was so on the nose was just Beautiful, and I, I'm sad that it's not as good as it used to be. But what is after 30 plus years, sure. you know? um But the but the Simpsons during that height of time when it was, you know, everybody had a Bart Simpson T-shirt or you know, something along those lines. Man, just just a perfect show, just an absolutely spot on perfect, perfectly written show. I'm with you, especially
1: on Cheers. Cheers for the record was
2: number two on my list. So if
1: Okay. Had you had you taken Seinfeld I first? I was worried you were going to take. It. I would have done the exact <laughs> same thing. You know, the funniest thing about these shows is I look back at a show like Cheers now, and I agree. By the way, potentially maybe the greatest American sitcom of all time. It's funny watching it now because it's so dated. Things that mm. happened then that were funny, like Carla would walk by and somebody would smack her on her ass, and that would be funny back in those days. Today, that's a lawsuit. That's on YouTube that, that, that goes, that video goes viral. So yeah, that show is hot. But
2: also Carla puts that person in their place. Oh, in such yes, a way That you're just right. like, Oh geez. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I never should do say that.
1: that. Yeah. The way Carla <laughs> handles it is a lot different in the way things it would get handled. You know, what's funny is I remember one show, Sam was having a dream that he was playing catch maybe with his son. I can't remember if it was his son or someone else. And I remember, cause you brought up the Sam Malone, former Red Sox pitcher. I'm like, this dude don't look like he could throw the ball 10 yards. I remember thinking that when I'm watching it, like as good as Sam Malone was, as good as Ted Danson was as Sam Malone. The one thing if when I got into the details of the show, they were always grinding my gears as eating. Well, it was hard because he's older. So you could say he was an athlete back in the day when I saw him throw that ball. I'm like, come on, man. There's nothing athletic about that. Yeah. But cheers. <laughs> cheers. Absolutely. One of my favorites. All right. So I, I got two here. Uh, I don't know how this will play, but I like family ties. I, I got to go back to the 80s. Family Ties was one of my all time favorite shows if for no other reason. So I was like around, uh, I'm a a handful of years older than you, Joe. So I was like uh, maybe seventh, seventh grade or so. I know I was still in elementary school when, when the show Mm -hmm. got popular and I went to a school and I went to West hurdle Academy in Black Rock and it was a public school and people, you know, from all races and cultures and stuff went to that school. But anyway, it was a, well, jeans and a t-shirt or whatever the hell we all wore to school. Well, Michael, uh, Michael P Keaton er, wore a dress shirt and a tie every day. And I remember I mm. wanted to be him or Alex P Keaton. I'm sorry, not Michael. Yeah. So Alex P Keaton would wear a shirt and tie. To, I wanted to be him so bad that I would literally wear a shirt and a tie to school. Like my, I think it was seventh grade. I had my mom give me a bunch of dress shirts and ties and I was going to a public school looking like a, an idiot in a dress shirt and tie because I wanted <laughs> to be the next great Republican like Alex B. Keenan did. So I, I love that show. I had a huge crush on Mallory, uh, Justine mm-hmm. Bateman. So I love that show. So that that's number two for me. And then number three, going back even a handful of years before that, like mid late 70s into the early 80s, Three's Company. That was one of my favorite shows nice. of all time too. Uh, John Ritter playing Jack Tripper was awesome. And that's where I kind of first discovered like the kind of comedy where- uh, like say two people would be in a bedroom talking and someone would walk in and it wouldn't represent what they thought they were hearing. Like they'd have this reaction on his face. Cause it yeah. sounded like they were talking about something else. And then of course, Jack Dernos they he had to pretend that he was gay so that he could live with the two girls and, uh, mm-hmm. the Ropers though, the way the Ropers always made fun of him for being gay. And again, this is a long time ago. That would not be so funny now, but back in the right. first, the Ropers and then, a uh, Ralph Furley too. the, the next thing on after the Ropers were gone. <laughs> The way they mess with Jack for, for being gay and, and just making fun of him, period. It's just, uh, that was one of my favorite shows of all time. So, yeah, I'm going to go Family Ties and Three's Company, and that's going to put you on the clock for two more.
2: Oh, I, say, I I John Ritter in that show was just so good. Yeah. Like, the, from the expressions and the way, he's, you know, the way he just – all the humor and everything. He was just – he was so good at that. And then, you know, I mean, he had Suzanne Summers, so that that, 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 that was okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh dude, you that was, know,
2: that was okay. Too. You know
1: what? One more thing too, and, and we wanted to talk about feeling old. I was just talking to my wife about this. I look, up, I don't know why I do it, but every now I look up celebrity birthdays like almost every day. And Joyce the <laughs> who played Jan, one of the mm-hmm. roommates there, the dark haired one. Dude, she she's 72 years old now. I'm like, God damn. <laughs> All the power too. I'm glad she's still around, but I'm like, holy shit, man. I've this show's been around forever. She's seventy-two years old, but anyway,
2: <laughs> you're up. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, my my more Suzanne Summers experience was watching her in the show step by step on the oh. um, TGIF back in the day. Where it was her and Patrick Duffy were the were the. I remember couples,
1: that. I remember that. Which
2: it was just yeah, like which I know for people older than me were just like, well, that's that's uh, uh, you know from Dallas and and then Three's Company, and I was just kind of like, well, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's how I know <laughs> them. <laughs> Now I'll, I'll tell you, you took Family Ties off my board, nice. But I had Family Ties fifth, so you left me my number four. Uh, so you've taken my three and five shows. So I'm 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 okay. I'm doing okay. Uh, but my number four show is Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Nice. Debuted in 1990, and like now it's crazy how that show came about because it was you know Will Smith was you know he and he and DJ Jazzy Jeff were rapping and it was you know like that was their way to be like hey let's get him into a show like this is a this is a cool thing to do and the whole concept was just you know it was goofy you know he you know he gets moved out of you know west philly goes to live with his his wealthy uh his, his wealthy uh uncle and uh who's played by james avery who's just an awesome, like uncle phil is like a legendary character for just being like the moral ground of a of a you know of a show where it's just you know it it's so like the concepts of it are just so out of whack and weird and everything um but like will was so great the humor was was so so fun and it was still a show that delivered lessons too yeah which i mean you know so, you know a lot of sitcoms you know they they will do that on occasion but that was a show that really was able to to hone in on that and really do well in in making it so like that to me was 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 really cool and and the tender um, moments as well Joe, like when there yeah. were 10 moments, which
1: weren't always, but they meant more mm-hmm. when like when Will's father, when he couldn't understand why he wanted to be in his life when moments like that came up. So I'm glad you said that because as funny as it was, it wasn't just a comedy. There were a lot of stories and a lot of lessons to be learned from it. So
2: good mm-hmm. point. Yeah. And, you know, and the thing that will always make me laugh is Uncle Phil throwing jazz out of the house every. <laughs> every single time like i could i could watch that i could sit down and watch that now and like know it's coming and i will start laughing (laughs) (laughs) right away because it was just it was just the perfect like continual gag like just too funny way too funny so like that that for me was an easy pick like that fresh prince was just oh man i like that's tbs used to show it in the afternoons on reruns and i would just be like okay i'm i'm here now (laughs) i will watch this until you decide to put a different show yeah. on like that's i'm good uh my next pick is a lot tougher because we're I, i'm in my list it's it's a it's a bigger conglomeration of 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 shows that i liked that may not necessarily fit with what's going on and i'm kind of torn because there's a show i'm looking at right now that should be my next pick and it automatically should but it's it's tainted it's tainted now because mm. because the the namesake of the show is currently sitting in prison it's the cosby oh show. okay the, the cosby show was such a brilliant brilliant show and it was for a lot of the same reasons that that um fresh prince was so good for you know for having you know having that heart to it having that great humor and having just like a dynamic cast i mean felicia rashad was unbelievable as 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 uh as the wife and you know she's you know the whole thing like the whole crew and everybody everybody around that like there are certain episodes of that that still stick out in my mind i i think of the one where um i think he was taking rudy to the dentist and danny k played the dentist and you know i mean this is i mean these are like old ancient hollywood people where it's just like how does he get danny you know like how does danny k end up on there And danny k was so funny In playing this role is a one-off episode where it's just great, cool, like amazing. But like that whole show was just so well done and it was so good. And it was a thing that I watched constantly all the time when it went into syndication and everything, just so fun. But like now you can't think about it without thinking, like, oh, Bill Cosby was a total creep, like his whole life. And like, even like the like the kids are growing up from the show now, they're just kind of like, Yeah, well, you know, it's Right. It's part of our, you know, it's part of our history and that's kind of weird now. So, yeah, I guess. So like that's, you know, that's that's tough. Um, But like that was a show that was just like that was appointment viewing for me as a kid, like because it was so great. And like Cosby was just such a fun guy to watch, like he used to show up on Nickelodeon shows and think, you know, like picture pages and things like that, where he was just totally affable, lovable guy. And then you grow up and you find out some some of the people you really liked are actually not nice. Not good people. That sucks. I was very addicted to that show as well. And I think it very much is deserving of being on the list,
1: despite of of what Bill Cosby has become, you know, today. That said, you know what, man? That's, uh, so we're what here? A total of, let's see, three, what, seven, we're seven picks in. It's safe to say for both of us, I think, that that Thursday night NBC mid to late 80s block of must-see TV is as good as anything that's ever been on TV, at least as far as I'm concerned, because you had the Cosby show, mm-hmm. which you have. Um, we I had Family Ties. That that followed the Cosby show Thursdays at 8.30. Uh, then Cheers. Yeah. Cheers yeah. was on at 9. Cheers was Yeah. at 9, yeah. I, I don't, if, I, if I'm stepping on your toes by taking his last one, because I'm not taking it, but I'm just saying Night Court was on. That was a very good show. Oh, I thought Night that Court. was pretty funny. And Love then that. switching yeah. to the drama side, Hill Street Blues would be on at 10 o'clock. So that block of TV mm-hmm. on Thursday nights was, uh, incredible. All right. So you got four down and you got one more to go. And now I got two more and these are going to be my last two. And I got three in mine here. And I'm really kind of going here on the fly, trying to pick between, uh, <laughs> trying to pick between the two, you know, I, I got to say true to it because man, I, I loved them when I was a kid, it was pretty much, uh, yeah. You know, happy days. I, I'm just going to say it. I loved happy days, man. The Fonz, <laughs> The Fonz was cool as hell. Uh Richie Cunningham, I don't really care for Richie, but I always thought Ralph Malth was hilarious <laughs> as hell. Patsy, of course, Chachi was the good looking young kid. And I, I think I wanted to be like him when I when I was a kid. Um, loved the Cunninghams, Marion and Richie. Mm-hmm. The show ran forever. The 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 downside of happy days, which is why I think I had to struggle to put it on here, is because that's where the term jump the shark came from, when Fonzie like yeah. jumped the shark and that show went mm. to shit near the end. It, it got bad. <laughs> but those first, I don't know, seven seasons or whatever were amazing. I loved Happiness as a kid. So again, I, I got to stay true to what I believe here. Last one, this was borderline before my time. Like I enjoyed this more, I think, later on in, in syndication when I was a teenager as opposed to when it first aired because it was like, I think I think, like the mid to late 70s, which is Again, I was kind of too young to really know what was going on. Welcome back, Carter, man. I loved Welcome Back, okay. Carter. Um, mm-hmm. John Travolta's Vinnie Barbarino, and you had Horseshack, and then you had Epstein, the Puerto Rican Jew, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and then, and, and then, uh, Mister Katia, or, or and Freddie Boom in Washington, of course, too. You know, just mm-hmm. the one line jokes; those were okay. But I loved Vin- Vinnie Barbarino was one of the first TV characters that I thought was awesome. man. Italian dude just mm-hmm. danced and was dumb as a box of rocks. And just, uh, it was a funny show. Now, I think I only heard for four or five seasons. So again, I don't know how well that'll play with people, but frankly, I really don't care. Uh, I, I do want to, after you have your last, uh, so you got one more too, because I don't know who you have. There was one that I really <laughs> struggled with not putting on. I'll, I'll say afterwards, but yeah. So I'm going to go happy mm-hmm. days and and welcome back out as my last uh, two. You got one more here.
2: So I, I'm really torn because there's a lot of like short run series that were on cable um, that I that I love to throw in here that might be like too vague that like I'd be going, you know, I'm aiming for like a certain niche of audience where it's just like if you if you knew this show, you liked it, then you're I you got me like, cool. Um, but I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay network. I'm going to stay network on this one. I'm picking Roseanne. Hmm. And that the initial run of Roseanne, not the not the the second run that's that's come up in the last right. couple of years, but like that first run of that show, holy God, what a show. And it was it, it's the same sort of thing where it was it was depicting like uh you know, a house life that was not what you normally saw because because usually every house in, in a sitcom is always well to do. They got a lot of money. They're doing whatever. Like no, these were just like regular schmo folks. And Roseanne was super funny and um, uh, John Goodman is just like, I mean, that, I mean, that, that show really put him on the scene. And then suddenly everybody was like, whoa, this guy is amazing. Like funny can, like, can really hit those, it can hit those moments too. Does really great. And then, you know, even Lori Metcalf, like brilliant, like when she started popping up in movies later on, like after Roseanne was off the air and people were like, wow, she's really good. I'm like, dude, did you never watch Roseanne? Like she was amazing. And then, you, you know, you're pulling in like Martin Mull and like, you know, Sandra Bernhardt shows up for some of those shows. And then like, you know, even the kid cast, the kid cast can always be a little bit annoying. They weren't bad. Like they fit as like they're for the kids they were supposed to be like everything about that show just really hit. And the humor was so good. And it was, and it hit a lot of topics that, like back in the '90s, nobody was hitting on. Right, like you know, taught you know, like Martin Mull's character was gay, and they were just straight out open, like, yeah, no, he's gay, and you know, here's his boyfriend, and you know, they're married now, and it's just like, wow, okay, they they did so much stuff back then that was just taboo that they were just like, yeah, no, whatever, we're just putting it out there. Like, awesome show, and it was so funny, so funny, everything about it was so well done. I got. One or two, and then I'll recap who we
1: took. That uh a couple honorable mentions that I didn't do. The one that I was struggling with was the Jeffersons. I I love the Jeffersons. Uh, that Jefferson was hilarious. That's on my list as a honorable mention. Um uh, The Love Boat was a show that I enjoyed a lot on Saturdays because it was always a different cast and or mm-hmm. not a cast, a different uh bunch of guests. that would come on the boat every week and sometimes they'd have some big name people. So I grew up, I remember watching that on Saturdays. Um going to the nineties, married with children. Is a show that I liked a lot. Oh, yeah, and for the mm-hmm. record, I did have um, Cheers, and I had Fresh Prince of Bel Air as well on my list. So you kind of okay. you stole those from <laughs> me, and I was gonna pull the trigger on Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but you got me one round. I tried to hold on to him. It's like an it's like when you have a fantasy football or baseball draft, and you got a guy you think's a sleeper, and you try to hold on yep. to him one round too long, and the guy takes it. That's what you kind of did to me there um two more <laughs> sam samford and son too that was one of my favorite shows Oh, uh, red, red fox, fox was so brilliant good. yeah and then the only non-comedy on this and it's not even that i like the show i love the music and the style and the trends and i remember having the suit like him uh donja miami vice the the white suit with, oh, the, yeah. with the blue t-shirt mm-hmm. i kind of like that style at that time which is looking back now the so great cheesy. theme yeah yeah great music man they have really good music uh so yeah, those those were ones that made like audible mention for me. Do you got one or two?
2: Uh yeah I, I i had my 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 scouting list ran about 15, 15 deep. Um, and this was without even really thinking of dramas. I we were very we were very hard on the the comedy tilt. If I was gonna pick a drama, I would have picked ER because mm-hmm. uh, that was one that started like th- another one that ran forever. And you know, by the end, it was just kind of done. But like that was the show that jumped off George Clooney's. Really jumped like made George Clooney like superstar. Like he was in other stuff before, but like that really threw him onto the scene. Like and that was that was an awesome show. And it also brought Eric LaSalle back into the scene after being the Soul Glow guy from Coming to America. Yeah. So like that was cool to see people like that. Where you're just kind like you've seen him in in other stuff, and you're just like, all right, yeah, okay, whatever. But what about ER that, was, Joe?
1: What about that run? I don't want to cut you off here, but because you said ER, it got me thinking. That run we talked about the Thursday block. And I had said, um, it's another one, right? Hill Street Blues was the 10 o'clock show. And then after that, it was Law, LA Law, and and then Mm -hmm. ER after that. I mean, that came on after LA Law. What a run ER had, too. I didn't mean to cut you off, but just blown away by that night. That night of television on NBC was just incredible for so
2: many years. Yeah. Yeah. And LA Law was, that was a show my mom, I think my mom and my aunt loved. Like they, they really got into that show. And I just, me neither i don't that, that was it. beyond me i was a kid yeah. <laughs> i was you know i was as a kid you know going into my teens or whatever and i was just like yeah I, I don't get it like, <laughs> what I, else, what else you got
1: you what know. else you got on your list
2: uh i also had uh frasier but i was i was like i can't go too hard on on cheer stuff but frasier was a damn good show sure yeah um the, my cable shows though were the mtvs the state which sketch comedy show which is I, again, I will still laugh at it to this day. And like all, almost everybody that was in that show is going on to do some movies and other shows. Like you've seen them and stuff. You may not know him by name, but if you saw him, I'd be like, oh, that person was on the state. You'd be like, oh, I've seen him on this for, you know, for what, you know, in this movie or whatever. I might have to go um, and
1: watch. I don't think I, I, don't think I ever watched that, man.
2: i might have to go check that out. Some of the, yeah. Some of the stuff you can find on YouTube. Um, I think there's like, a, there's like a DVD set that could probably, probably run you like 20 bucks. And it's like basically everything. Um, Another one is kids in the hall, which we get into our, our Canadian friends there. Uh, That it's another one, the sketch show. Awesome. Loved it. And Mr. Show as well, which was on HBO Mm -hmm. and (laughs) going back and watching that. Now it's, it's eerie how a lot of the stuff that they did to just kind of like do goofs on and, and make fun of, um, Ended up being stuff that came out in like real life now where people are just or it's like memes now and I'm just like what do you mean that why is that a meme now is like I watched that in a, in a sketch show that was like from 1996 <laughs> like, <laughs> like what do we like what do we what do what we what's like okay but the uh the other there's three more I just wanted to give a nod nod to one was news radio which was Phil Hartman yeah I remember and that David Foley and and them that was on NBC. that was a very under that was a wildly underappreciated show and it was so good and then when hartman got was murdered it was just yeah, they tried to change it up with john lovitz and it was just like mm, that's that's not going to work uh, and speaking of john lovitz another animated series the critic which lasted only two seasons and it was they were trying to capitalize on the simpsons animated stuff the jokes on that show unbelievably good like the humor on that show is so good and it's a shame that people were just like well this isn't the simpsons so i don't like it it doesn't matter. Like everything on it is really funny. And like the, the, the humor is just, it it goes from equal parts, like punch you in the face, funny to like slide that joke right in there. <laughs> take you out with it. Like that, that stuff was good. And I also had SCTV, second city TV with um, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, Joe Flaherty, Martin short. Um, basically anybody who was, who was in a lot of comedy movies in the eighties and early nineties were on that show. John Candy was on that show. Um, and you, it, like, it wasn't broadcast here normally because it was a, you know, it was a CBC show. Um, maybe you got it in Buffalo. I don't know for sure, but, like, it made, it made the runs of, like, HBO back in the day, and it was like, oh, my God. There's, there's one clip, this one sketch where they did, uh, Jeopardy, and I think Eugene Levy is playing Alex Trebek, and Catherine O'Hara is just the biggest dumbass in it and it's it side splittingly funny because she's just so she so stupid and you're like, oh my God. So like seeing them in Shits Creek now is just like, oh my God, these they've been making brilliant comedy now for like 40 years. Yeah. This is nuts.
1: <laughs> um I want to I had a really
2: one. long list. I'm sorry.
1: No, that's good. And I actually I have one I wanted to sneak into that I forgot. The Larry Sanders show that was on HBO It ran from like oh, 92 God, to 98. Yeah. That was a good one. All right. So mm-hmm. let me recap who we ended up drafting. So I took Seinfeld, Family Ties, Three's Company, Happy Days, and Welcome Back Cotta, and Joe Took Cheers, The Simpsons, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, The Cosby Show, and Roseanne. I'll tell you what, no matter how this poll plays out, I'm going to give you credit for taking not one, but two shows that have very controversial lead characters. Of course, Bill Cosby and Roseanne Barr, who's done a lot of crazy shit through the years, but you can't take away from the show just being a classic. And I mean, you said a perfect man. It really showed what real life is like in America and, and real houses, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, the, the standard traditional uh, TV sitcoms. This was fun. I think I could be wrong and we'll see. I think this might be the first poll that we've done in eight weeks. That's going
2: to be close. I, you know, I'm I feel, I feel confident about this draft. I'm, I, I like my, you know, my, you didn't really mess up my draft board too much aside yeah. from getting Seinfeld, but, um, I, I don't know. I think I, this is going to, this is going to be a heavy age skew. I think because this is like, this is me and you showing off the difference in our generation. Cause we're like a generation apart, maybe. Yeah. Maybe a little bit because like you know, a couple of shows it. you picked, I only, I only saw them like in, you know, in like syndication reruns, like right. A USA network or something. But, um, but yeah, like that's uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think anybody who's uh, a, um, a more recent millennial or a zoomer is going to look at these lists and be like, what the hell are these shows? (laughs) they're going to be like, Oh my God, that guy picked Bill Cosby. Ooh, gross. Roseanne. She stinks. I don't like her. Like, okay, I get it. But like, trust me, just go back and watch the shows. Like they're really good. I think,
1: uh, well, we'll see. I mean, the best thing you have going for you if nothing else is that I've just, I've gotten my ass kicked in these polls, and there's a good chance (laughs) that'll continue. Well, We'll, uh, we'll find out next, but regardless, this was fun. Everyone give Joe a follow on Twitter at Joe Yurden. And like I said, we'll discuss these polls. We'll have a new one next week. This was fun. First time doing this, Still kind of getting our little ebbs and flows together, you know, doing this, uh, casual Fridays, but, uh, this was fun, man. I I love having you on and I look forward to next week.
2: Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is fun. I, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll kick your ass in this poll. So that's, that's, uh, that's all I got to say about that. (laughs)
1: All right, boys and girls, that is going to do it for another episode. One more time, very big thank you, Joe Yurden. Make sure you follow Joe on Twitter, at Joe Yurden. One of my favorite guests of all time on this podcast. One of my good buddies, and I'm so happy that he's going to be doing casual Fridays with me further. Like I said, not permanently, but for the foreseeable future, at least until I kind of get things back on a normal schedule with Dell and then we'll go from there. But anyway, thank you so much, Joe. Um, Guys, look, if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, please go ahead and do that right now. I beg you every single episode at the end, right here at the end, to subscribe. And if you haven't done it yet, come on, man. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever it may be, hit subscribe or follow, whatever it tells you to do. Hit that notification button. They give you a a prop if you want notifications. Hit yes, because guess what? When you do that, you don't have to get up and go looking around and see if a a podcast came out today. It'll get sent to you automatically. It'll notify you automatically. We have a show every Tuesday and every Friday, but we also do bonus episodes and those are random. So like I said, the best way to know is just to subscribe and turn your notifications on. Uh, Follow me on Twitter as well. At Pat Moran Tweets. I'm constantly on Twitter, podcast updates, promos, upcoming guests, sports talk, pop culture talk, fighting with fans. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> At Pamoran Tweets. Thank you so much for listening. I say it all the time. I mean it. I appreciate every single person that spends even one minute listening to this podcast. It means a lot. It does not go lost on me. So thank you very much. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. And we'll be back brand new shows next week.